Good vibes, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on ESPN Esports on Twitch, ESPN app, Twitter, and on YouTube. This is Search and Destroy, our Call of Duty League weekly program. Arda and Emily with you. And I guess we can call this the Florida Mutineers coronation episode. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we can. I'm calling it that. I have a lot of opinions on this. I know you on Twitter. We've been seeing a lot of tweets about... uh, it's a very polarizing topic, yeah. but for me, it's a very definitive topic, Emily. We won't get into it too much right now, but uh, I can't wait to hear uh, what you have to say about this a little bit later on in the program. But we do have a stacked show. So while we wait to talk about the mutineers and exactly what happened this past weekend and where exactly they slot in to the order of Call of Duty League power rankings, spoiler alert, very high on my side, uh, let's talk about the game itself because there's been a lot of conversation in particular, an interview that Hex did uh, on his eavesdrop podcast with Scump uh, about modern warfare, uh, about fines, about certain people getting reprimanded for certain things that they say on video. Uh, <laughs> I found it, Emily, very interesting that, and we were talking about this a little bit off camera, that um, Scump ad- uh, basically revealed that he was fined. Uh, for a video mm-hmm. that they did where they were ranking the different Call of Duty uh, titles, pardon me, the Call of Duty titles, and he just trashed Modern Warfare. You've had a lot of opinions on this and Infinity Ward, etc. Uh, but what do you make of Scump in particular uh, voicing his opinion in this way? I mean, I feel like it's not an opinion that like everyone else doesn't have, and people shouldn't be shocked that Scump rated it so low because there are a lot of pros, uh, I would say the vast majority, who just do not enjoy playing Modern Warfare at all. Um, and additionally, due to, again, like, I know I keep bringing this up, like, every single show, but because Infinity Ward is so stubborn about not, like, not even stubborn, they just, like, do not care about competitive. Um, I, I can see, like, why especially progressively as the season goes on with everything else that's happened with the pandemic, with people having to play online, like it is frustrating. Um, And I'd say that I'm surprised that Scump didn't voice his frustrations like sooner. Um, But I guess he's not as like, not as bombastic on social media as some other players. So, Um, but I I don't know. It shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. Like Modern Warfare, if I was a competitive player, there are so many things about this game. There's so many things that have happened at like every single event that I would just be having like controller throwing across (laughs) the room, like gamer moments. Like it, uh, is just seems like so frustrating and at times so unfun to play this game due to things that are like completely out of your control. Like I think the, the spawn thing was a breaking point for a lot of people who hadn't necessarily come out and been as critical of the game itself. Um, like changing the spawns without telling people twice, uh, probably more times, but like t- twice in recent weeks. Right. So like, it's just that, ah, like, I, I, I don't know. Like I understand, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand cause I'm not a competitive player, but like I can sympathize with, their frustration because it's not like things are going to get better until there's a new COD, right? So I think everyone at this point is kind of just looking forward and being like, hey, Treyarch, please save us from another year of of this uh, kind of lack of communication between the developer and the competitive community. 
And that's what's, uh, and Scum mentioned that in the interview as well. He's looking forward to Treyarch taking over because of the communication yep. there, of course. But also, <laughs> he did say that, he did go so far as to say that Modern Warfare is the worst COD ever made and Warzone saved it. He did say that, and, 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 I, and it's very easy to guess whether you see comments on Twitter or not, that this is not the only person that has this sentiment, scumping. Like, I think that this is definitely an overwhelming sentiment among many of the pros. And it's interesting that we usually around this time of year, we get new announcements about the next Call of Duty League title. Of course, we're in a pandemic. Things have been shifted. We've seen that with many other titles. Look at Cyberpunk, perfect example. But yep. I wonder if what, like, like... In terms of this game, are, are, are just... you threatening us with another year of <laughs> modern warfare? No, 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 no. My heart can't handle that. I thought you, you were going to imply that like we're not going to get another game. I'm like, Arda, no, 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 that no, just no, cannot no. happen. That that would be the worst. Can you imagine? Like, no, no that I'm would done. be no. I but think what I am a asking lot of retirements and then people oh. coming back a year later. See, that's the other thing. Remember, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. We're like, yeah, Karma retired. But like even Scump said, you know, he retired for this season. Like, look what happens when Treyarch returns and that communication returns and the competitive players feel like they have a stake and they feel like they have a proper rapport with the developer <laughs> where things are getting changed the way they like it. Like. I don't feel like these re- – I, I will believe it when – if and when Karma stays retired at that point. For I mean, example, I think it I think would be great if Karma came back just because of the player he is, right? Yeah. Like, it was sad to see that he retired, especially given how just, like, tired he seemed of, of playing the game. Um, but he did mention it wasn't just this uh, – you know, it wasn't just this – Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare was kind of the the final straw, and he had said that he hadn't enjoyed playing COD for for a little while. So um, I'm I'm like undecided because sometimes you can you know just be like, okay, I'm so tired, and on top of this, this game is terrible, and therefore I do not want to play it anymore. So I'm retiring, and then you know minds can change. But I don't know. I mean, he has a family. He he has other stuff going on like maybe he'll return um i can see why modern warfare would definitely be a catalyst for retirement though yeah no kidding like scum said well here's where we'll leave it hopefully there is no delay and we do get information soon oh please for the benefit of during during the entire playstation thing you and i were just like (laughs) call duty call duty come on give it to us and they didn't they did not they did not it was very sad (laughs) we were just sitting there like and 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 no nothing no yeah yeah uh going back to scump's point about warzone saving this title Mm -hmm. however one thing i know that we dunk on infinity ward and this particular game a lot but one thing i want to give credit to is call of duty league and the way that they've handled warzone weekend i've had a lot of fun Mm -hmm. watching it I think it's been a very great production. I think that pre-recording it, even though I said that I would like to see it live, I think I've changed my mind on that. Pre-recording it is the right move. I like the production of it. I also like the creativity, Emily. I feel like one week it's it's teams representing themselves, Paris Legion winning that one. Then we have team captains picking out of a pool of players and then solos. I mean, I'm liking the highlight reels that we're seeing. I'm liking the pace of the matches. And honestly, 
Battle Royales, whether you like Fortnite or Apex Legends or whatever, it doesn't matter. It creates good, compelling content, and Warzone is no different. Yeah, I mean, I think Battle Royales have this weird thing where, like, doing them competitively, like, in a serious environment, right, is really difficult, in my opinion, because just the the sheer scope of it and who you who you have to spectate and, and that kind of thing. But for something like this, where it's also replacing hype battles, which, like, I understand the uh, impetus behind hype battles, but I love what they've done with Warzone so much more um, because I think it draws on the Call of Duty community, competitive community itself. Um, it's like you said, it's really fun. There's so many pieces of content that have come out of uh, these Warzone weekends already. Or uh, like it's, um, I don't. I think it's not a stretch whatsoever, honestly, to say that like Warzone saved modern warfare in terms of at least it gave something that people liked. And Warzone also hit this weird perfect storm, which we've talked about this on previous casts as well. Uh, it hit this perfect storm where everyone's home at the pandemic, uh, during the pandemic, including like a lot of traditional sports athletes that are already into video games and already play COD. They just don't play it as often usually. Um, and since Modern Warfare itself, the game isn't fun. Warzone is, and it's what everyone's been streaming. So to, to capitalize on that with the Call of Duty League um, and tie everything together, I think it's been hilarious. Rainbow Ray this past weekend was hilarious. Like, just watching it was, like, very funny. Um, and, again, it gives them, like, really fun pieces of content to put out. So it's a, it's kind of a, you know, the the shining light in what has otherwise been a really frustrating competitive season from my perspective. Would you want more? Let's let's say that Warzone continues as the Battle Royale next year. How mm-hmm. much Warzone would you like to see from Call of Duty League? More, less, or just this amount? I feel like this amount's perfect because it doesn't... Like, you could also have it overstay its welcome, um, and I don't think it does. And also, uh, you know, we... Again, we made this point in previous casts, but, like, you want the players to be bought in and actually having fun in something like this. It's like pretty important so you want it to be a an event where again they're pre-recording it it's separate from scrims it doesn't bleed into whenever you have to actually prepare to compete because that's a completely different mindset um i think that's also an important thing to keep in mind too so you know the the amount of warzone we're getting right now i think is pretty perfect i love the highlight reel plays like (laughs) If if Call of Duty was on Sports Center, these would make it on to a top ten. Like there's the one <laughs> like, play. Who was it's, it? It's it's not like the S and D like round eleven. It's like Rambo Ray with a truck in Warzone. Like, oh, it's like... the best. Who, who had the play? Who had the play where they put the C four into their own vehicle and then drove it towards? I think it was Clayster. I don't know if yeah. it was Clayster. It was someone. He drove it towards somebody who was, like, camped behind another vehicle. He rammed his vehicle and detonated the C4 right at the correct time and eliminated him. It was, And the guy was like, how the heck did that happen? It was, like, the best play of the entire. I was like, this is brilliant. I, I just love it. I love it. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so uh, let us know uh, if you agree or disagree on Twitter or uh, in the comments and chat. 
uh, how much war zone you would like to see. I agree. It's just enough. I will note that uh, when I spoke with the commissioner uh, a couple of interviews ago, she did mention that uh, hype battles would return when on land. So I don't know what uh. that's going to mean. I, I don't see. That's the other thing. Like, I don't know if this is going to if Warzone weekend would be would it work as a live entity? Like, no. what if hype battles became Warzone? I mean, I think the problem again, uh, the problem with battle royales is that they're so much better, like, in my opinion, um, for something like this, especially they're so much easier to do as highlights rather mm-hmm. than as like full tournaments. And we've seen a lot of like pretty much every single battle Royale struggle with this, right? Like apex has struggled with this, even despite the fact that everyone was like, you know, gushing over the Fortnite world championship last year, like Fortnite has struggled with this. Um, it's really di- like PUBG, which I actually think OGN's production of, uh, their PUBG tournaments was the best Battle Royale production I've seen. Um, even that, like, there is a lot of difficulty that comes with a Battle Royale tournament and the fact that you have to weed out so many people. Yeah. So it's actually like a lot longer than highlights would suggest. So I don't think it would do well as like a live competitive event. Like, especially inserted, inserted in, like, a Call of Duty weekend, like, the, it's spread across three days now, but previously we were just doing, like, Saturday and, and Sunday, and those were really long days for players, like, really, really long days, to the point where they were actively frustrated about it, because there would be a chance that you would play at, you know, in the first match, and then you wouldn't play for another, like, six hours, can so. you imagine? Can you imagine, just like the Fortnite World Cup, if there was a Warzone esports tournament with oh God. with a hundred something million dollar prize pool, three million for the winner? Just think, though, how many competitors would flock to that? It's just the dollar figure, just like the Fortnite World Cup. We all know it. It's the dollar value. The more money there is, the more people will want to win that money. Anyway, yeah. I'm glad it's I not I mean, happening. that doesn't always make for a fun spectator experience, though. Fair enough. Especially That's live. Very good point. Very good point. That often gets lost whenever dollar figures are thrown around like that. Uh, speaking of dollar figures, though, there is a lot of money at stake in the Call of Duty League. And it seems as though, at least in my opinion, as we stand today, Emily Rand, the yes. Florida Mutineers are no longer the team that we're watching as possible contenders. They in my humble opinion, have done enough to prove themselves as the team to beat and also my favorites going into champs. They are my number one team in Call of Duty League. I Yes, we will weight the last two tournaments heavier than the rest of the season. However, they've done enough. No longer are they the team where we have question marks around them. The last two events, they beat Atlanta in two consecutive finals for a combined 6-1 score. 3-1 last event, uh, 3-0 the most recent event. They Mm -hmm. beat Chicago the last uh, event. They beat Dallas. They improved in beating Dallas in back-to-back events. 3-2 two events ago and 3-1 this event. So... I just, I don't need any more evidence that the Florida Mutineers are the number one team in Call of Duty League today, right now, at this moment. Yeah, I completely agree with that, actually. Um, I think the big thing, so I like wanted to look ahead because if I, I was like, I think Group B in, um, 
in the New York home series is actually like really stacked. And I'm looking at right now, it's London, Chicago, New York, Minnesota. So that's going to be really difficult. Um, I know, but I think, uh, I think the Florida Mutineers are definitely the best team in Call of Duty League right now. Like I don't, I, I actually don't think there's a argument against it. I think what you can say, if you're looking at like the year as a whole, because this has been a really weird year, um, what you can say still, um, and I think a lot of people are still trying to find a way to wrap their heads around how good are Florida and what is the my idea of like being good in Call of Duty land versus online. Um, and I wrote about this when I was talking about Florida. We were doing our like who won the weekend column together. Mm-hmm. But like I, I think the big thing is that the first time Florida won, because that event was such a mess. Like, you know, we still have a lot of this issues. This is the Dallas home series you're yeah. talking about. Um, yeah, we still the, have a lot of, yeah, we still have a lot of issues. Uh, don't get me wrong with, but this was like by far the worst, right? This was like people are rubber banding everywhere. Like it was really, really bad. Um, I think you could look at that event and be like, okay, Florida won, but the competitive integrity at that event wasn't the best. It was our first online event. We had a lot of issues. Now you cannot say that. Like you can say, I wonder how Florida would do if all of this was on land, because I think that will unfortunately kind of overshadow this like always. But I, I don't think you can take away from Florida's wins, especially their past two um, and the teams they had to go through to get there. And the fact that we, we're talking about, okay, what makes Florida a top team? Um, like, what what would push them to be a top team in our eyes? And the response to that was consistency, because after they did win their, their first event, they then didn't qualify for bracket stage at their next event. Um, since, uh, like, Pharaoh has joined the team, and then later since Awakening has joined the team, this team looks really well-coordinated, uh, if you listen to their comms, they're like some of the more chill comms in the Call of Duty League, which I find like really interesting. I always find it super interesting to listen to team comms because sometimes it's just like everyone yelling at really high speeds on top of each other. Um, and Florida's comms are like surprisingly relaxed by comparison to a lot of other teams I've listened to. So they really seem to be in tune with each other. Um Obviously, people are going to bring up Awakening. Awakening has been an absolute beast since he started for Florida. Um, but I think Pharaoh's contribution can't be underrated either because they work a lot better with the slightly slower pace uh, that Pharaoh has as opposed to Pristini kind of like going out immediately, right? Like we think of Pristini, he's like immediately busting through. You see it uh, from him since he's been on the Huntsman too. Uh they seem to work a lot better with the the slower, the slightly slower style that Pharaoh plays. Um, and this team, I think the most impressive thing I saw from them this past weekend is that they were able to adjust mid-series. And that's just, like, super important. Like, if something's not working for you, um, especially in, in a few of their S&D rounds, they were able to adjust uh, fairly quickly, which I think is something that not every team can do. So... Um, that's the thing that has impressed me the most about Florida. Obviously, everyone's going to bring up, uh, Awakening. Everyone's going to bring up Skies, who has been, like, consistently great. Um, and, and, and at this point, kind of overshadowed by his own teammates, right? 
given that, like, you know, Pharaoh came on the team and he was working out really well, and Awakening came on the team and he was working out really well, and and Skies has just always been there, uh, and he he's been performing uh, amazingly well. So, um, I mean, I really love watching this team. I love watching teams uh, grow and progress as the season goes on, and Florida has been kind of the best example of that. Like you see, you can draw a line from like point A to point B as to where they were and, and where they are now. And they're obviously a very improved team since then. Uh, the real PD gaming in chat says online, probably, but on land, I don't think they are, would be, but we're not on land right now. Yeah. And, and the mutineers. That's the issue. Yeah. But the mutineers also use this to their advantage. Rightfully so use everything that is available to you. So the mutineers, were struggling on land, even though they did make a final. They weren't getting the success they wanted. They had the opportunity to bring in players that would perform well online for them, and that's exactly what they did. And so for that reason, that was just a very smart 200 IQ play by the Mutineers. So we don't need to worry about land right now because, to be honest, all signs are pointing to champs happening online. I really don't see, my personal opinion, I don't think we're going to see an announcement coming where champs are going to happen on land. I really don't. So if that's the case, and I'm operating under my uh, hypotheses here under that assumption, the mutineers are, are far and away, in my opinion, as we stand today, the favorites for that reason. Because they have proven to me more than enough. The only, the only, ironically, Emily, the only home series that they were involved with online that they didn't win was their own home series. Every other one, they've yeah. they've won. Like so, that's enough for me. That is enough proof that they are the team to beat, and they are the number one team in the power rankings for me. Even though they're not number one in the standings, uh, Atlanta still hold that position. And Atlanta might be the best team if you're looking at the LAN era and the online era and the season as a whole. But you just yeah. can't do that this season, right? You can't do that. You have to look at online as its own almost separate season a part two in a way i mean you can i think you can look at both like i don't think you i don't think it takes away from florida's accomplishments to say that combined land and uh online atlanta has been the most consistent and the best team like i actually and and, i mean you could kind of make a similar argument for dallas Mm. given that they won the los angeles home series but that's a little bit more Debatable, unfortunately, because they had a really, really rough first week in league play that I think overshadows a lot of that in a lot of people's opinion. I don't think it should personally, but um, the way people talk about them, I think it does sometimes. The I, like, I, I don't think it takes away from Florida's accomplishments to say that things would be things might be different if it was on land. Um, because we we don't know how this team would look on land. Uh, and I mean, if champs isn't on land, I'll be super sad, but I also would agree that given the current state of the pandemic in the U S that's going to be incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. to make happen. Um, as far as I know, they would have to what, like find, find a location, all go there, depending on what state it would be. They'd have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, before they would be able to actually all come together and play. So that would be a big ask. Um, I mean, I think if you asked players to do that, they would because they want overwhelmingly want to play on land. Um, 
but the the logistics and expense behind that might just not be feasible. Um, even if you're doing like presumably without an audience, right? Cause wherever you're doing it, there's no way you can have a gathering of more than a certain amount of people. Uh, but no, I mean, I think, I, I think it's still completely fair to bring that up. What I don't like is when people use it to take away from Florida's legitimate accomplishments. Like, you you still need to give Florida credit for the performances that they have put up online. Um, mm-hmm. That, Like I said, the only one I think that's like specious is that first Dallas home series was pretty atrocious in terms of competitive integrity, in my opinion. But the past two, I do think you need to give Florida credit. Like, I, I think it can be both. Like, I think you can say, in an ideal world, how would this team perform on land? Would they be able to keep up with a team like Atlanta on land? Would they be able to go up against a Dallas on land? Um, but it's crazy to think that, like, even if we were having that argument, there would be a, a large portion of people out there that would still not rate Florida number one with land in mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, like in the hypothetical argument of if, if this. Or- yeah, if this season were all on land and we didn't have the online component and Florida still made the changes, there would still be a portion of the audience that would say, no, 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 I'm still hitching my wagon on Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas. Florida <laughs> still haven't done enough for me. Like, that, yeah, I, I, I truly I, believe that that argument would be there. I think so, too, actually. And I think it's just because Florida have a lot of new players that people don't, I think trust is probably the wrong word, but, like, they don't have as high of an affinity for or they haven't seen perform as as consistently over the years as other as players on other teams um so but i mean i don't know i i i'm i'm kind of sad at how much people take away from florida to be honest because like i said the the first like after after the first one yeah that's fine that event was pretty scuffed but uh these past two have been a lot better and i think uh, hiccup, like very obvious hiccups aside that we're not in Florida's matches. Um, I think that there's a compelling argument that they're the best team in Call of Duty League right now. So Emily writes a column every event. I actually posted the link in the chat. Uh, basically, it's every map in one sentence. Let me read you the final sentence for Hackney Yard Domination. Florida that versus was, Atlanta. That was rough. Like this is a three. Uh, this is a three. Like three zero, right? And you look at that. You look at a three zero, and you're like, oh, they got like whopped, right? The first two were close. the The dom was not close. So this is what you wrote about that map. This was the this was the tournament clinching uh, effort by the mutineers. Quote: Florida get an early triple cap and never look back. <laughs> As they take a record-breaking, as they take a record-breaking 235 to 70 domination win. No. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, what more, for everyone that is doubting Florida still, stop it. Just stop it. You're, you're, you're looking foolish right now. Florida, today, there is no more that they need to prove to anybody that they are the best team in CDL right now online. There's no, in the circumstances that we're in, the Florida Mutineers are the favorites to win the world championship. Right now, today. It will take a catastrophic collapse in the next two events. They're playing in two of the next three events. 
as are the Atlanta Face. It would take a monumental collapse for me personally to change my opinion on this. It would. I, I, I am so I am so impressed by how the Mutineers are playing teamwork wise, the changes that they've made. And actually, let's get into this right now. The MVP race. That's mm-hmm. where we're about that time of the year, Emily, where we talk yeah. about the MVPs. OK, so I think you mentioned a very good point about how Skies is sort of getting overshadowed a little bit because of Pharaoh coming in because of. Yeah, right. With that said, though. Skies leads the league in KDA with a 1.26 across all positions. He's number one in the league. He leads in plus minus with a plus 398. He has led KD in the last two events, 1.32 in Minnesota, 1.42 in Paris. Okay? And that is with his teammates improving tournament over tournament. Awakening improved from Minnesota to Paris, by the way. He, he picked up .12 in KDA, so he got better. But even still, Skies was even better than that. So, I am, I'm on the Skies train right now. Like, to me, I know that, I, I know that Wuskin and Octane are in the conversation for best ARs in the league. But Skies to me is is my running MVP right now until proven different. It just like the, the numbers are too strong. The numbers are too strong. He's way up. Like I, I I will make I will say this about Octane. Octane is putting up like I MVP. Ca- yes, you're right. He's putting up MVP caliber numbers on a team that is not supporting him whatsoever. Yeah. So like oh. in terms of a gap, Octane deserves love there. But as MVPs are chosen, it's always going to be with a good team and the best player on a good t- performing team, right? Like that's usually what happens when you pick an MVP, not just in esports, in any sport. So, yeah. so Sky. I mean, I think, me. I think it's impossible to like, from my perspective, I, and I would say I'm more lenient on the definition of MVP. Like people always yell at me for my league of legends MVPs because I'm like, Oh, and here's the massive greater context as to why I didn't pick this popular person over uh you know the person that i did pick um but i think with something like this you do have to be like uh one of the top four teams uh like four or five teams to be picked mvp and five is even pushing it because the idea is that you know you're pushing your team to championships you're pushing your team to titles which i mean Skies would still fall under that if you wanted to pick him as your MVP. Right now, my MVP is Sim. Um, for on yeah, the, see, that's, on that's the a great. He is he. But, he's uh, the best. He's the best SMG in the league, right? Like he has to be, right? I would say so. Yeah. Uh, well, like he's breaking I mean, records. He's just like, I mean, he's. It's yeah, annoying because like, again, you ask me that, and I'm like, well, the context. I'd have to go through every single SMG and. Celium you know, makes a good argument, know. but Sim does lead in 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 uh, in KD for his team. And he's breaking records on hard points. He's just breaking his own records. He has he has the kill record on hard point and on domination. I I think. And then Selium just set the S and D kill record. <laughs> so ridiculous. they all they all belong to Atlanta now. Like all the kill <laughs> records. <laughs> that is just disgusting. I mean, you, uh, if you were to argue Selium, uh, uh, th- there were some clutch moments. Uh, particularly on LAN, where you really thought, wow, Celium is really stepping up here, especially in a final. So maybe there's that final intangible, you know, where he won the MVP at the Atlanta event, for example. 
over all of his teammates and it was well deserved. Maybe you might point to a, a, a situation like that. I don't know. I simp seems flashier. Yeah, the thing I love the most about Salium is that, like, have you ever watched his player cam after he has like an insane clutch moment? And he's just sitting there, like, kind of like smiling to himself, like looking incredibly <laughs> chill. Like, just the facial expression does not change. It's great. Like, so, you'd expect me to be like, yeah, like freaking, like I'd be freaking <laughs> out. You know, just like, yeah, there, another day. Um, last week we had uh, Easy Mac on, uh, who's. The best, by the way. He's awesome. I also found that he's a hockey fan, which I'm very happy about. Uh, is he a Bruins fan? He yeah. is not a Bruins fan. What? I hate to tell he's you. Boston, come on. I hate to tell you that. What in fact, heck? the opposite. He's a Rangers fan. I hate to break it to you, Emily. Oh, at least he's not a Habs fan. Oh, true, true. Good call. So he mentioned that uh, during one final, you know, we always make the joke about how Selium has the same expression on his face, yeah. face cam no matter what. Uh, apparently, during one final... He uh his he left his uh balcony door open and it was raining and he didn't notice this but his his his, his carpet was flooding because the oh, rain was coming no. into his apartment but he didn't even notice and he still had the same cellium face on cam. <laughs> He's just so dialed in that he didn't notice his apartment was getting flooded. Uh, very unlucky. So those are our uh those are our MVP picks. Feel free to throw it in the chat who you think uh, should be in the in consideration uh, for MVP of the league. Uh, another thing that we've started to notice here is the idea of a three AR meta. I mean, this entire league, Emily, we've talked about how important the SMG position is, and uh, you know how little we had seen from ARs in terms of use, at least early in the season. But now it seems that is shifting. What are your What are your thoughts on a possible three AR meta to close out the season? Uh, I think it will help a lot of teams um, because, again, like uh, I have talked about this several times on here, but the trickiest thing in team building, I think, from one season to another is figuring out what kind of game you're going to get. Because, as we said previously, a lot of people stocked up on great AR players going into this season because Black Ops 4, you know, we have a lot of great AR moments. Um and then going into this season, it was obviously a lot more SMG and and flex focused. So, uh, I think it. I think you'd see possibly some teams maybe like I've kind of lost faith in optic. I was gonna say maybe optic would be helped out by this. Um, I think a lot of teams would be a lot more comfortable with a three AR meta trying it out. So we shall see. Uh, or you know, it it might just be too late. Uh, and and we can go back to the ye old modern warfare is already stopped <laughs> completely uh, argument. We certainly can. Uh, shout out to I Hold Shift in the chat. Uh, great podcaster, also Valorant. Uh, he says, in particular, Azir Cave or SND uh, Piccadilly Arklov uh, will mm-hmm. see that 3 AR uh, usage, but maybe not so much uh, around the rest of the game. That remains to be seen, like we said. But uh, it'll be interesting to, to to see if there will be big shifts like that going into champs uh, or if we just, <laughs> like you said, just look forward to the next game. Forget about Modern Warfare. <laughs> uh, what about other teams uh, this past weekend? Um, we saw some impressive performances. I mean, we're not really... I don't know if teams necessarily... The, the, the most impressive thing to me, honestly, was the su- the subliners bringing the Mutineers to a Game 5. To me, that, that spoke volumes yeah. of which teams give the mutineers the most trouble and 
uh, Atura has said this to me that the mutineer or the subliners are very difficult to scrim against. A lot of people say that. I have heard the subliners are like insane. Yeah. Like they, they're the team. And that's why like we've always had this undercurrent of like the subliners are going to show up eventually. Uh, like quote unquote on our virtual on, on stage, like on our virtual stage because we're online. But like that, that is why people have been so high and like they've been pretty highly rated in the coaches poll even before it started to be reflected in their actual stage performances because they're apparently like a nightmare to scrim against because they're so good. Um, so yeah, that I mean that series. Uh, I think these two semifinals were both really good. Uh, honestly, like both of them coming out of this weekend, the Atlanta Dallas one and the Florida New York one. Um, but yeah, I mean, New York, they're so close to making a final, you know, like they're, they're, they're just, they're just shy of it. Um, and New York has ha- kind of had a similar trajectory to Florida in a way where it required a, a roster move to really unlock the, the team, um, with, with Mac joining and them settling on, their specific roster that they have now. Um, yeah, I mean, I I hope New York can make a final before the season ends. Because I, I think the like, even when they were struggling, we were like, the talent on this team is just insane. Like, how are they not performing well? Uh, so, I mean, I hope I hope they make it. I think I, not just Florida and New York, but I thought the Atlanta-Dallas semifinal was also great. So the last question I'm going to ask on this program, and I asked it in chat as well, is what is the best team in Call of Duty League right now without a home series win? And I will read them out to you. There's only four teams that have won a Call of Duty home series, by the way, Atlanta, Florida, Chicago, Dallas. So the remaining teams, Minnesota, London, New York, Optic Gaming LA, Paris, Toronto, Seattle, LA Gorillas. Uh, I know what my answer is, and it actually matches. <laughs> yeah, of course it's Toronto. Obviously, like, it's Tor- Toronto. Homer moment. Um. <laughs> Let me tell you a hundred reasons why. No, uh. um, I like the real PD Gaming's answer in chat, and I agree with it a hundred percent. Early on, it was Minnesota, mm-hmm. but now it's the Subliners. Minnesota have regressed. The subliners have improved, particularly since Mac Meltz has joined the team. Yes. I think that even despite the fact that they have yet to make a final in a home series, they are the biggest threat of the non-Forge uh, tournament weekend winning teams. I think they can beat any of them, actually. Like, I think they have the power to beat any of the top teams. New York does. Um, they're dangerous. They're incredibly dangerous. And the, I think the top teams know that as well. Uh the other team I'm kind of like side-eyeing is the wrong word, but like I'd love to see London not have an unlucky event like due to other circumstances because um, I really like them since uh, since they were able to pick up zero. Um, and... I, I just want to see them have an event where they don't have some sort of weird extenuating circumstance that, you know, completely affects one of their, ser- one of their series. Um, but in terms of who is definitively the best team 
that has not won. Uh, right now, I would definitely say uh, agree that it's the subliners. Yeah. I think I think we're both in agreement on that. And, and I think it's a matter of time. Even if they don't win a tournament weekend, I would still consider them a threat going into champs. Yes. I don't think a tournament okay. we, I don't think a, a home series win will define whether or not they are a team that you have to take seriously and watch out for going into champs. Yeah. I think you always have to take New York seriously. So we have a little bit of a break uh, the uh, in the Call of Duty League right now, uh, and then it gets very, very busy as I pull up the schedule here. Uh, we have, a, I believe it's a two- or three-week break. Let me just pull this up right here. Uh, the next series will be the uh, New York Subliners home series on the mm-hmm. 10th of July, and the competing teams will be Toronto, Paris, Chicago, London, LAG, Atlanta, Minnesota, and New York. So Florida take this series off, and then they are back for the London and Toronto series. So it's going to be July 10th for New York, July 17th for London, and then July 24th for Toronto. So three back-to-back weekends before we get into the playoffs. Don't forget, every single team make it to the champs, to champs, but... Uh, the seating matters a lot and the format has changed. All of that is available at callofdutyleague.com. So that'll do it for us here on Search and Destroy. Thanks for watching us and also listening to us in podcast form. Don't forget, this is now a podcast. There's an ESPN eSports feed that you can find either on Apple, on Android, on Spotify. And we have three shows a week that go in podcast form, this one, Search and Destroy, as well as our ESPN Esports Valorant show. Emily and I are involved in that one. Also, the third show we're both on is the Rift Rewind, which is our League of Legends weekly show. That happens on Tuesdays. All of them are in podcast form. So whether you watch us or listen to us, thank you very much. Good vibes, acts of kindness. We will catch you next week.